0: So what are the schemes or designs of the enemy of Satan? And how can we as a church and as individuals protect ourselves from them? Hi, my name is Peter Finch. I'm one of the elders here at McGregor. And this is the topic of Beyond the Notes. So thank you for joining me this week on Beyond the Notes. And this past Lord's Day, uh, as we talked about the necessity of forgiveness, we ended in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, verse 14, where the Apostle Paul says, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. And we didn't have a chance in in the sermon to actually go through what are some of these designs or the schemes of Satan. Uh, and, and how more, more importantly can we both as individuals And as a church protect ourselves from them and not fall prey and as Paul said not be outwitted by Satan you see the Bible tells us that Satan is a very shifty character and today I'm gonna be throwing out a bunch of verses for you to follow and you can you can listen to this podcast again or just write them down as we go but the Bible tells us very clearly who the person of Satan is and more importantly how is how what is his character in scripture for example Revelation 12:9 identifies Satan as the deceiver of the whole world. And actually his name Satan means adversary. He is the accuser of the brethren. Second Corinthians 11 verse 14 says that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And actually in that same passage it talks about, uh, it says I'm reading Second Corinthians 11:14, where he says, "And no wonder for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. So the Bible is telling us that Satan isn't the the typical red character with a pitchfork tail that we like to see in cartoons. He wants you to think that. Because if if we imagine Satan as that kind of almost fairy tale type of character, we're gonna think, oh, he can't do anything to us. We're fine. But Satan is the accuser of the brethren. And also the Bible tells us in John chapter 8 verse 44 that Satan is a murderer from the beginning this is Jesus talking he says he's a murderer from the beginning and the father of lies later on in John ten ten, he says that it is the same nature of Satan to steal and kill and destroy and because that is who Satan is because that is what the Bible teaches us about him Uh, Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5, 8 that we need to be sober-minded. We need to be watchful and alert. Why? Because he says, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And that is why in our passage we talked about this past Lord's Day, uh, the Apostle Paul says we need to make sure we are not outwitted by Satan. Paul also encouraged the church in, in Ephesus the same kind of uh, exhortation about in this in this case not about forgiveness but about anger he says that you should not live in anger and thus give the enemy a foothold in our lives in church he says this in ephesians 4 verses 26 and 27 that we should not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil and although the bible doesn't specifically say what are the exact schemes or designs of the enemy it is very clear both by examples in scripture and examples in our own lives. And the truth is, is that when we manifest qualities that reflect the nature of the enemy, when we when we manifest satanic qualities in our life, like wrongful and prolonged anger, like bitterness, deceit, a lack of forgiveness, as we talked about this past Sunday, and so on, we, we open the door for the devil to entice us further down sin's path specifically in regard to the topic we, we topic talked about this past Sunday about forgiveness. Satan knows very well that if he can convince individuals in this church to have an attitude of unforgiveness, he can gain so many victories. For example, what happens when there is unforgiveness in the church? And we briefly talked about a couple of these this past Lord's, Lord's Day, but let me just go through a couple of those with you today as well. For example when we do not forgive it steals our joy we will not have the joy of the Lord when we are harboring bitterness uh, retaliation in our hearts but it also brings God's discipline upon us in Matthew chapter 6 Jesus is telling us that that the reason why we forgive and we talked about this we talked about this as well is because God has forgiven us and Jesus Christ but listen to what what jesus says in matthew chapter 6 verses 14 and 15 for if we if you forgive others their trespasses your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive others their trespasses neither will your father forgive your trespasses jesus says very clearly that one of the downfalls one of the results of not forgiving Is that your father in heaven in your daily sanctification in your daily christian walk when you sin and violate god's commands and if you go to the lord and ask forgiveness but in your heart you are harboring unforgiveness against another person jesus is saying do not expect god the father to forgive you and to restore your joy if you refuse to forgive somebody else and satan who knows the bible very well knows that if he can convince us to live with a spirit of unforgiveness he can gain a foothold did you know also that unforgiveness will hinder us from worshiping it will actually render us unfit to worship listen to what jesus said even before that in matthew chapter 5 verse 23 and 24. jesus says so if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you Jesus says, leave your gift there before the altar and first go, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. What Jesus is saying is that if we do not forgive others, if we know somebody has done something against us and we do not forgive them, God is not going to accept our worship. And I wonder how many of us are worshiping in sin on Sunday mornings sitting in our our congregation. How many of us have bitterness in our heart towards somebody a lack of forgiveness and yet we sing we raise our hands in worship and yet Jesus tells us that God does not receive that worship a lack of forgiveness also it produces division and contention among the body of Christ and you know this very well whenever we have a person who has done us harm or has caused us pain And we do not forgive them and yet we see them in the halls in church and we see them we pass by them in life group you know what you feel in your heart you want to avoid them at all costs and god forbid that you actually hope something bad happens to them so they will pay for what they did for you but see that's exactly what satan wants you to feel that's exactly what he wants you to go through so that you will create divisions in the body of christ because when there is division when there is bitterness in the lives of us as individuals as brothers and sisters in christ we will not be as effective in the work of the Lord as when we are working united with one goal, with one mind, in one love. And as we mentioned also in the sermon, one of the, one of the results of a heart full of unforgiveness is that it dilutes our testimony in the community. We will not be as effective as we witness of the grace of God to the people who need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ if we are harboring unforgiveness in our hearts so we we must not underestimate satan's deceitful devices his his mindful plans to to trip up and to render ineffective the body of christ but at the same time scripture makes it perfectly clear that satan is a defeated enemy and he is defeated by the cross of jesus christ Uh, the author of hebrews tells us this in hebrews chapter 2 Verse fourteen it says therefore, since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself, speaking of Jesus Christ, likewise partook of the same things, it's saying that because the people he came to redeem were humans like you and me, we have flesh and blood, that's why Jesus had to be human also, so that through death, through his death on the cross, he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. And deliver all those who, through fear of death, were subject to lifelong slavery. The Bible teaches here, among other places, that Jesus's substitutionary death on the cross and his subsequent resurrection is what rendered powerless Satan. It says it says here that he destroyed the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil. And we know it doesn't mean he destroyed him in the sense that he no longer exists because we are very aware that he is alive and active but he took away his most powerful weapon which is the weapon of death because before christ and outside of christ anyone who dies is enslaved for all of eternity in hell but because of christ's death and resurrection he took away the most powerful weapon that the devil had so we as a church, we as believers do not lack the power to withstand Satan in, in his evil schemes. Peter, James, and Paul give us exhortations to remain steadfast. First Peter, First Peter chapter five, verses eight and nine, in the red part of this verse earlier, says, "Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith." peter tells us be aware look around know the way the enemy works that's why paul said in second corinthians chapter 2 we are not ignorant of his designs of his schemes and peter tells us the enemy is like a it's like a roaring lion he's seeking to to install instill fear in the hearts of believers and peter tells us to resist him being firm in our faith That means we have to know that our salvation is through jesus christ his death on the cross and his resurrection it means we need to know the word of god as our own and hide it in our hearts likewise james says in james chapter 4 verse 7 submit yourselves therefore to god resist the devil and he will flee from you and what james is teaching us is that the only way to submit to resist the devil is to submit ourselves to god are we submitting ourselves to God in order to stand firm in the face of the, of, of the attacks against our church, against our families, against our personal sanctification? And then Paul also tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 and verse 16, where he says, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and in the in the verses between those that i read is is what we know as the armor of god but paul says that we are to put on the whole armor of god why that we may be able to stand up against the schemes or the designs of the devil And Paul says at the end of that passage that we take up the shield of faith the faith that we have in our lord jesus christ to extinguish all the flaming darts That Satan can throw against us so since we are not ignorant of his schemes of his designs let us then be committed to the reading the study the memorization the meditation of the Word of God let his words penetrate our hearts so that when we are being taught error when we hear deceit we will recognize it for what it is because we have hidden his word in our heart let us also be committed To the proclamation of the power of the gospel and that is christ's completed work on the cross and through his resurrection let us be committed to faithful obedience by our daily dependence on the holy spirit who resides within us you do know right that that we cannot live the christian life on our own and really only one person has lived the christian life and today if you are in Christ he lives in he lives that christian life in you so i pray that as we read and study god's word that as we are committed to proclaim the gospel and share our faith with our neighbors and as we are committed to faithfully obey god's word by the power of the holy spirit that resides in us that we would stay and stand firm in our faith and with the shield of faith that we would extinguish all the flaming darts of this evil one. These are some of the schemes. These are some of the designs of the enemy who attacks us as individuals and us as a church. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, through his word, we can resist him. We can stand firm in our faith. That is the topic of today's Beyond the Notes. And I pray that as as you listen to this, and if you enjoyed it, I pray that you would share it with others and let us continue to be faithful in our study of God's Word.